I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Jeffrey, Kenneth, and Kerwin Donis. Refer to you collectively as the Donis brothers, I guess. That's what's coming up on the on the Zoom screen. Um, and uh, the Donis brothers built a portfolio of cash flowing rentals and a six figure business as single family real estate investors. So, um, first of all, guys, I'm I'm really excited to hear your story. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks yeah, for having us. Thanks, yeah, yeah so much. Um, we we can kind of get started with like we we're, we start, got started in single family a little over two years ago. Uh, now we're doing multifamily, but we can kind of tell you if you don't mind how how that all started, if if you'd like. That's exactly what I would like. Yeah, go go ahead. Start start as far back as you like. Obviously, your brothers, so we have some history together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, well, we I was actually uh, one day just sitting in my apartment and and I was watching The Breakfast Club and a guy just came on and started speaking about wholesaling real estate and pretty much he was explaining his background, how he came from nothing. Um, you know, with no cash, no credit, no education, literally came from the hood. Uh, and he looked into the camera and said, you know, if you're watching this, if I did it, you can do it. I built a multi-million dollar business. And so that's kind of what got us interested in real estate. So I told my brothers, hey, you know, like real estate is something we can do. And, um, you know, we kind of looked into it and, and kind of dabbled with it at yeah. the beginning. And we were uh, listening to a lot of podcasts about wholesaling and just learning as much as we could, but we were in that analysis paralysis stage of the journey. And it, we had decided to postpone starting the actual business until the summer after Jeff, Jeffrey and I's uh, first year in college, because uh, that was our first year, we're twins. And so we actually went to Guatemala for the first time in the winter over winter break. That was around December and into the new year. And that was the first time we'd been there. My mom's from there. And so we're first generation American and just seeing the levels of poverty that we could have been born into just just because my mom decided to come here. That's the only difference. And we realized how lucky we were. We always like to say uh, we have American privilege and we won the, the lottery by being born here. And so that's why we just decided that we, we weren't going to waste the opportunities we have here. And um, that's why we decided to take action the day we got back from Guatemala and we started cold calling and looking for our first wholesale deal. Yeah. And like everyone said, we learned about it through YouTube, reading books and podcasts. Eventually we closed on our first deal after like five to six months of cold calling and we can go into more details if you'd like, but we were college students at one point and then we got sent home because of COVID. Uh, we weren't allowed to stay in our dorm room. So uh, they kind of had to send us all home. And that's when we regrouped. Um, when we were in school, we were all at different colleges all across North Carolina, which is where we live. So we ended up coming home and now we had like a, a I guess no excuses other than to go all in. Yeah. So that's how we sped the process up and got our first deal. Eventually fast forward, we ended up doing two creative financing deals uh, did a fix and flip. And then it was 2021 that we ended up joining a uh, multifamily mastermind. Uh, now we're doing apartment syndication and we've done three so far. That's awesome. Uh, a couple of things I'd, I'd love to sort of, you know, yeah. dive into on that story. So first of all, how old are you guys? I'm 23. So I'm the oldest and they're, I'm we're, 20. We're 20. We're twins. Okay. They're twins. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> that's fantastic that you're getting started so early. I, I, that's like, funny to me. Cause that's like one of the things that I 
when I talk about this, it's like one of the things that's very clear is the power of time. And it's like getting started and, and, you know, at 20 is like, you guys have so much time to, to really, uh, grow and, and be intentional about how this goes. So that's, that's fantastic that you kind of figured this out so early. Um, I got to ask this, yeah. what schools in North Carolina, because I know of the because, rivalries that happen yes, in North Carolina. So is yes. this going to be like a Duke, UNC and <laughs> NC state sort of thing? Like what's, what's, uh, uh, what schools? I went to, I went to UNC W it's like University yeah. of Carolina at Wilmington. I went to university of North Carolina at Greensboro. Yeah, I went to Chapel Hill, UNC Chapel Hill. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's dropped out of college though. Just disclosure. For, yeah. for this we again. all dropped out uh, of college. Sure. Pursuit gotcha. stuff full time. sure. No, that, that's uh but I'm still, I'm still a heel. There you <laughs> go. There you go. <laughs> still, still loyal, loyal to the, to the team. Um, no, very cool. And, and I think that maybe let's, let's talk a little bit about that trip to Guatemala and, and uh, maybe provide a little more detail on kind of what that meant to you. Cause I, I think that's, that's a very compelling component. And, and, you know, again, you're very young to, to be having that sort of that trip have such an impact on you, I think is, is super cool uh, and uplifting. And so maybe, maybe talk a little bit about that, you know, kind of what it, what it really meant to you guys. Yeah, we went. Um, so at the time, I can only speak for myself, but I was actually a freshman in college, like I said, in my first semester. And I'd, I'd been cold calling for a flipper, but I was very focused on school. I was also focused on social life, trying to fit into college. I, I even considered joining a Greek life. And so my priorities weren't really focused on financial freedom, uh, real estate or anything like that. But once I went to Guatemala, for me, at least, it was just really humbling to see the the conditions they lived in. I mean, they were very they were very grateful for everything they had and they were happy, but it just was really for me, you know, it made, put everything into perspective and it was like a different world. Honestly, we were there for about three weeks that we kind of got used to being there and I forgot what it was like, not completely to be in America, but that just kind of became normal to be in Guatemala. And then coming back, it was a culture shock and I couldn't really get back in to the, I feel like that, that, that's the trip that broke us. Like yeah. we could never see things the same way after that. And I don't know if you was having that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, so my mom is originally from there yeah. and so is all of our like re close relatives, like our aunts and uncles. Uh, and one thing that I re remember seeing at the trip that really like took me like back was, uh, a lot of my aunts were wearing my old clothes that I used to, I played like club soccer growing up and a lot of the t-shirts I got were really big. So I would never use them. And my mom, I would see her putting stuff in a box and then she would, it would disappear. It was like a really big box. And I was like, mom, <laughs> why are you sending that? I get there. And like, you see our clothes everywhere, shirts that I just completely forgot about. Uh, and they were using it every day. So it wasn't like, a, for me, a shirt that I would, never would even use. It was their normal shirt that they, you know, they'd use pretty much every week. So that just really put things into perspective, like very, very uh, grateful. And we were, I was, I would say I was very ungrateful before I went to the trip. Uh, so when we got back, we kind of understood the opportunities we had here. Uh, we wanted to make the most of them. Yeah. And I would also add. Um, you know, when we went over there, we, of course, didn't know what it, to expect. Like my brother said, um, my mom was originally from there. And of course, she always told us that she grew up poor. But, you know, when you think of poverty, especially when you grow up in America, poverty in America is not at all the same as poverty in a third world country. Um, I think that that is real poverty. And when we saw that our, our aunts and our uncles and our cousins are actually living in those kinds of conditions, 
we kind of came together and said, well, we have the key. We have like an opportunity to change our financial tree and literally set up our families going forward and also like families in other country um, just to be better. And, and that's kind of where we're, what we're seeking to do yeah. at the moment. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I, you, you used the word perspective a number of times. Uh, and I think that it's, it's something that without that sort of experience, then you, it's probably very hard to really have a good perspective. And, and, you know, that, that point about true poverty, you know, and I'm, I would say, there's probably people in the U.S. that have, you know, similar levels of poverty. Yeah. But on the whole, what, you know, what you're going to see maybe uh, from a wide scale perspective, wide scale poverty in a third world country is 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 nothing like what we have here. Um, yeah. You know, in, in in the U.S., it's it's sometimes a bit out of sight, out of mind. And so I, I think that's probably something that you you kind of can't. <laughs> get it out of your mind when you're there. So that's, that's yeah. really great though, that you guys took that experience and are using it kind of to, you know, you said you left college, you, you, you know, you kind of made some pretty major life decisions based yeah. on this. So I think that's, that's really, really cool. Uh, talk, talk a little bit about, you know, okay. So what, you, you make that, you make that trip, you have that decision, that sort of life-changing uh, perspective. And then, and then, COVID hits, which kind of changed everybody's life, but you, yeah. you're, you know, sent home from college because of that. So now you've got this extra time on your hands. You're not worried about whether or not you're uh, pledging at a fraternity or whatever, <laughs> whatever the case may be you've, you've got. Uh, and so you guys turned it into real estate. So how did you, how did you do that? What did you do to get started? What, you know, what steps did you take to, to build your business? Yeah. Um, well, like my brother said, he was already cold calling and we had original plans, you know, let's find a mentor, you know, take it slow. But he had already started cold calling before the trip. When we got back, I mean, we started, I pulled lists. We started cold calling, dialing heavy pretty much every day, or at least while we could, because we were in college. Hmm. Um, but I do remember one day in one of my classes, one of my teachers, um, and this was because not because my grades were slipping, but I had missed an assignment prior and she let me slide just because she was a real estate agent. So she understood the struggle. And, and in class, I had already spoken out about, you know, kind of what I did and, and how passionate I was. So she kind of understood where I was coming from. But one day I also missed another assignment. And in class, she pulled me aside and she said, Kenneth, you know, you, you speak openly about how passionate you are about real estate. And, you know, I think you can be very successful in it. So let me ask you, and it doesn't seem like you're putting as much time towards, you know, like, school as you should be. But let me ask you this, like, why, why are you here? And ever since that day, like I brought it back to my brothers and I told them, Hey, like, that's a really good question. Like, I don't know. And I think I'm going to leave. So, you know, that's kind of at the same time when COVID hit right after and that yeah. kind of made the decision a little bit easier. Yeah. So like he said, we were already in our dorm rooms uh, and we were busy with school and other things. So every day I would cold call for two hours and sometimes we'd go on FaceTime calls, like at the end of the day and just talk about things. Kenny had a car, so he would actually drive to the properties. I was in Wilmington, so that wasn't one of our markets, but where he, he could drive anywhere in Greensboro. that we were looking. Kerwin was also cool calling. Yeah. So when we got home, we already knew what we had to do. Now we just had more time um, because all the other like things Fractions. that would just fill up your calendar. Yeah. Like going to class and everything. Eating. like We would cold call while we ate. And stuff. So like, <laughs> literally, we would do it from 9 to 8 p.m. At, at like for a few months, we were just cold calling, building a really big pipeline. And then we started following up, and we learned all about CRMs through podcasts. 
Uh, we learned mm-hmm. like a little bit of sales by practicing. Um, after we got our first deal, we learned that Kenneth really was really like the initiator, but we were all starting to educate ourselves through YouTube and podcasts. And then eventually we joined a mastermind group, um, like a mentorship that taught us creative financing. And we were already on the phone. So what we would do is we'd watch the videos while we were cold calling and I'd implement whatever my mentor was saying, because he would talk to his real sellers and he'd be like an amazing person with the creative financing terms and setting that up. So we would just implement it immediately. And that's how we got two rentals. And it was, it was really hard. And we're not trying to like pay yeah, over yeah. that because it took us about six to seven months to close our first. And we were cold calling from nine to eight and that, it's cold calling is tough. I mean, you're hearing rejection all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it so, builds up skin, yeah, but it's a really sure. valuable skill so to it, learn. It was really helpful to have each other to like rely on and recharge. Um, because we, we all have a certain limit within our own batteries, internal batteries. And so I would feel low sometimes and I would go to them and have them remind me of why we were still doing this. And uh, maybe we should go back to school. I started laughing because you referred to one of the distractions as being going to class, which is <laughs> it's a, <laughs> kind of a, a funny, you know, because, and, and this is, this is a big thing that you hear about in the real estate world, right? Like what is, what is traditionally expected of us as we grow up and like, you're supposed to go to school, you're supposed to then go to college and get a good job and contribute to your retirement plans. And like, I think it sounds like you guys will probably agree with this, but I think once you kind of get into the real estate space, you sort of realize that that may not actually be the best way to go, right? There's nothing wrong with going to college. It's just, it's not, you know, you you have to pay a lot of money. So you, you sort of start off, a lot of people start off in debt and then they, you know, go to this career where they're, you know, working for someone else. So, so, you know, you all chose entrepreneurship, which is great. However, you brought up another point. It can be, it can be really lonely, right? Because yeah, you're going to have, especially if you're cold calling, you're going to have a lot of rejection that like the bulk of it's going to be rejection. It's like, probably 95% of the time the people don't want to hear from you. And so you're kind of doing that and, and to have each other to be the support system for each other, I think is uh, a really great, maybe just component of what's going to be able to make you successful because, you know, a lot of people that go into entrepreneurship don't, don't necessarily have that. It's hard to, it's hard to convince the people around you that what you're doing is as important as you think it is, right? Like, obviously you think it's a a very big deal and something you should do, but then it, it, you know, without someone like having your brothers to kind of bounce these ideas off of and say, Oh man, I I had a terrible day. Like everybody kept, (laughs) everybody kept swearing and hanging up on me, you know, that kind of thing. You have each other there to, to sort of pick each other up. So I think that's, that's a really good point. before we move on, what did your mom think about all this? Like you leaving college and stuff. Again, I think maybe part of what people see as the American dream is going to college, right? Like that's like people come here. I want my kids to go to college. And so what did she think about all this? Yeah. Well, I had told, I was the first one to tell her. Um, I I told her, you know, I'm going to, we were supposed to go to Guatemala. And when I first told her, that I was going to drop out. Um, I had told her, you know, we'll see what happens after we come back and see if I'll go back. And she was, she was very upset. 
Um, and I had kept telling her, she, she would just respond, no, you're going back. And that was like her only response. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was just telling her, you know, I'm, I'm not just, just letting you know. So at first, you know, she, she was not happy at all. Yeah. Um, I think after, you know, we kind of started making money, um, she kind of realized, but at first yeah. still really, and it wasn't like all of us at once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we finished, I was a freshman when I got into real estate, it was the second semester of my freshman year. Uh, this was going into 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Kenneth told me, he brought up the idea of leaving school and we were already building our business and we saw it like gaining traction and we could feel the first deal coming. So I was like, I just don't like school that much, as much as I like this business. Like I'm learning so much. I feel like this is kind of just not satisfying me the way that this is. Um, so eventually we had a friend reach out through social media uh, and he told me like, Hey guys, I see you guys on social media. You guys are killing it. He looks like us. He's Hispanic. Uh, he's around our age a few years ahead of us in regards to real estate experience. And he had just paid 30 grand that week. And it's not about the money for us, but it was really about that proof of concept. And if someone like us can look at us and tell us, you guys are going to do it, just keep going. Two weeks later, we end up closing, or I don't know how long, but it was like a few weeks later, we end up closing on our first deal. And at that point, uh, this is kind of a funny story. You asked if we were lonely. I sent the picture to my, my, my friends who are very entrepreneurial, our age. Uh, and my, my, my other friend who went to Clemson, uh, he wanted to get into it, but he didn't necessarily think we could do it. And when I sent him the check, he ended up dropping out of school that week uh, to chase <laughs> wholesaling. Yeah. yeah. So now he's doing wholesaling as well. Uh, he's making like he's doing an amazing job. He loves it. Um, my other friend dropped out as well, and it's not be, like we're not like trying to say dropping out is good. Yeah. But we are all entrepreneurs yeah. in our little friend group, so we have that support system. Yeah. And our mom, she and a lot of people, especially immigrants, they have this paradigm of education as being like, go to college. Um, and, and, you know, f four years into a university, but we, we still educate. And I think she's seen us, we read every morning, we've gone to multifamily conferences, invested thousands of dollars in mentorship programs. And so now she realizes that we are still learning. It's just a self form of self-education and self-directed education where instead of learning through the traditional system. Yeah. yeah. So you're learning about something that you're passionate about. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You're, you're learning because you want to, which I think is a much more effective way of learning rather than, hey, these are the required classes that I have to go to. Three quarters of them I don't care about at all. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> like here, here are all the prereqs you have to get for whatever, even, even if you know what your major is. Like, I knew what I wanted to do in college. Like I had, I had, but I spent the majority of my time in class on things that weren't related to what they were just the prereqs that you have to take. And yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, looking back on it, like, doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know if my wife's going to want to hear this, but I don't really care if my kids go to college. Like I, I, they can, if they want to, yeah, yeah, but yeah. also like I have now since learned there's other ways to be, you know, be successful and have, have a good fulfilled life, which is really what I, you know, that's what yeah. I care about. It, it, like you said, it's not, it's not about the money, just, just being, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of happy in what you're doing. So, yeah. all right, cool. So, so moms, we'll, we'll, we'll put mom in the back burner. She's start, starting to get on board. She's start, starting to see what you're doing. So the, the first deal was a wholesale deal. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And so is that what you were kind of focused on for a while? Or were you doing, were you keeping any of those? What, what were you doing, uh, you know, with your properties that you got? We started with wholesaling. Um, that was like the entry entryway. And then as we learn how to generate our own leads, we knew that we needed to add some tools to our tool belt. So that's why we invested, um, after we closed on our first deal, we invested a pretty large amount into a mastermind group that taught us how to do creative financing. And by that, I mean, seller financing uh, and then subject to, um, and we ended up getting two rentals through that. Um, 
after that, we, that's the only two properties we ended up holding. We did that for about 13 months. Kenny, um, Kenny knows the amount of, I kind of forget the number of deals we did. We did 17 total within like 13 months after doing no deals for six months. So yeah. about seven months, we did 17 yeah. deals. <laughs> and there was like a flip that kind of came across our table. Like we had a, one of our cash buyers just offer to, cause he well, like, he, he like funded yeah. the whole deal and we split profit, but we got to manage everything. We found the deal. That was like yeah, the we value the we brought. Um, and then after the 13 months, uh, we ended up getting into a mastermind group because we all decided we wanted to move into multifamily. Um, that took you know another five months to get into our first deal. So yeah. uh, we knew that that was going to happen. Um, it was a leap of faith, but thankfully it worked out. Yeah. Good. A um, couple of like, yeah. good points there too. You, you know, you, you said over 13 months, you closed 17 deals, but the first six months, right? No, no deals. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is that's how it happens. Like sometimes it's 12 months or 18 months before you get deal, especially in multifamily. Like it could take, it can take quite a long time to get there. Once you do it, the moment your, your timeline is a perfect example of that, right? Six months of nothing. And then seven months of 17 deals. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And it's like, and people are, people, you know, what they're hearing is seven months and 17 deals, but what they should be hearing is six months of no deals and you guys persisted and kept going and believed in it. So there's, that's how real estate is. Like it doesn't, you don't wake up one day, listen to a podcast, read one book. And it's like, now I have all the deals I want. It, it's, yeah. it's, you gotta keep putting in that work and be consistent. So um, I think that's a really great point that that you brought up there in terms of, you know, how it worked out for you. So um, when you, decided to make that transition to multifamily how did how did that come up what made you what made you decide that yeah we uh we'd been on a zoom call with a mastermind group in the single family space and they had a multifamily investor come on and i think kenneth had heard about syndication at the time but i didn't mean i don't think i've ever heard of what that apartment syndication was we always knew commercial and larger assets was the end goal, but we had limiting beliefs that you needed more money, experience, and more of a track record. And we just didn't have that. Or honestly, and we thought you had to be a little older too. We didn't think, you know, we, we could just never even, thought about yeah. it. We never like actually yeah. considered it. And so we had heard about it and that kind of planted the seed. And so we read a book called The Best Ever Apartment Syndication Book by uh, Joe Fairless. Yeah. We started listening to podcasts as well. And people just kept emphasizing it's behind that. me somewhere, yeah. right? It's yeah. on the shelf somewhere. I'm like, yeah. it's, a, it's a fantastic book. Absolutely. And, and we just uh, really educated ourselves a little bit, but we were still wholesaling. And we were we have Sunday traction meetings is what I call them. Um, and we just sit down and talk about the big picture of our of our business. And I just was thinking out loud, kind of telling them, hey, guys, multifamily is more aligned with our end goal anyway, which is to retire our mom uh, through passive income. Uh, we always wanted to get into multifamily anyway, uh, but we just didn't think it was possible at the time, but that was a limiting belief that we had come to realize. Yeah. So we just decided the only reason, like the same reason that we didn't drop out of college sooner, the same reason we didn't start our business sooner was all because of limiting beliefs. And so we decided to just go full send into the multifamily syndication route. Awesome. Yeah. Limiting beliefs are a big deal. In, in terms of sort of holding yourself back, yeah. uh, it's something I, I I have them for sure. I talk we talk about them a lot on on this show with mindset and things like that. And I think it's just funny because it's like one of people's limiting beliefs is I'm too young. Well, here you go. Sure. Like you guys are a perfect example. Like 
you're, you're about as young as you can be and do this. Like a, there's probably, <laughs> there's from probably some legalities if you're trying to do it before you're 18. So, I mean, you guys are, are breaking that, you know, limiting belief so people can see your story and know that uh, it is possible. And so, and, and, you know, not, not having money, you guys are three, three guys that were in college. Like, it's not like you're, you're going to be raking in money uh, to, to go out and fund your real estate career. So um it's, it's the living beliefs are, are, are very, uh, they're a very real thing and they can be very challenging in trying to get yourself going and build your business. So what, what tell us about the, you know, kind of how that first uh, multifamily deal came along. Yeah. So like we've mentioned, we're big on investing in uh, ourselves in mastermind groups. So we knew when we first got into multifamily, uh, we read that book, the best of a real estate syndication book. And we decided that we knew how to find deals. So we were just going to skip the brokers. Uh, actually, we started cold calling like smaller multifamily that didn't go too well. Uh, then we moved over to Kenneth, who was our acquisitions um, manager. He'll actually reach out to brokers now. But back then we had no success with it because we had no track record. So they weren't taking us seriously. Yeah. Um, and that's when we realized we needed a mentor. So that's when we started shopping around for some type of like mastermind group that we could join and have our mentor uh, partner with us on the deal. Uh, and eventually we found a group out of Dallas called the Think Multifamily Group. And in that group, there was a lot of people that are already doing a lot of deals. Uh, they help you with raising capital. Like if it's a good deal and everyone wants to come together, uh, they'll help you fund it. Um, they'll help you. I mean, one mentor kind of, Kenneth already knew how to underwrite, but he obviously helped us progress. And eventually now Kenny's underwriting the deals by himself. Um, the first one, I reached out to uh, my mentor. Uh, I asked him, hey, like anything going on in the group that maybe we can see how we can add value. Uh, he let me know of an individual who I'd already networked with at an event that we had went to a few months before. So we met him in person. I had I already had a cell phone. I gave him a call, asked him, you know, if he had anything going on. He mentioned there was a deal in Jacksonville, Florida. So that was 138 units. Um, and that was our first deal. So we were like, how are we going to do this? Uh, eventually, we ended up helping with some of the marketing as well as bringing on uh, another person that could, could raise a lot of capital and also had more experience than we did. So um, we kind of just introduced him to my partner, as well as we brought on some of our own investors. Um, and it, we really leveraged our, our mentor in our group to be able to do all that. But like you always say, like one, I was, we were all young when we raised capital for the first time, as well as had no network. And we had, I would say when we first got into real estate, we had no money. So if we can do it, I just really think it comes down to like, how determined are you? How resourceful are you? Uh, and that's it. Yeah, oh, I agree. It's, it, it can be done. Right. Yeah. It's, you yeah. can have all the limiting, limiting beliefs you want, but the reality is, is it can be done. It's being done. It's being done by you guys. It's being done by me. It's being, you know, it's like, I, I didn't think I, like I had plenty of times when I didn't think I could do it either. So it's like, it's being done. So there are, there's someone already doing it that probably has some component of what you're limiting yourself with that you could look at and say, okay, these guys are young, but they're doing it. What? So I can't use that as an excuse. And like, this guy's old, he's got a podcast and he's, <laughs> he's doing it. I can't use too old for it. Like there's just, there, there's too many, there's too many examples of people that are breaking mm -hmm. those, you know, limiting beliefs that, that you can't really, you, you shouldn't use them to, to hold yourself back. Um, great. So you said, you said th you've three multifamily deals, right? Yeah. 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 There's, um, okay. Yeah. One, the first one in Jacksonville, the second yeah. one and the third one closed pretty uh, close together. And it was one of them was in Waco, Texas. Mm -hmm. That's 168 uh, units. 
The other one is 330 units in Atlanta, Georgia. That one closed in December. And we're actually working on another one now uh, that's coming up in Jacksonville, Florida. And that will be pretty big too, 382 units. Great. And so are these all with people from your um, your mastermind group? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good. Good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, it's all about kind of that network and, and being able to kind of connect with people and work with them. What, uh, so what roles are you playing in these, in these, you know, yeah. sort of newer deals? I know uh, you said that Kenneth is sort of the acquisitions guy doing the underwriting and stuff. What are you all doing in these deals that you're part of? Are you, are you the primary acquisitions for them or are you, how, how are you uh, participating? Yeah. Our, so, yeah. So uh, like my brother said, pretty much more on the marketing side and raising capital, bringing on, um, you know, equity partners that can bring in equity as well. Um, but we are looking to do our first, um, like as a lead, as a lead. So we're co-sponsors on them as a GP on all these deals, but you know, there's, we're all, I'm always underwriting deals, always touring, uh, properties, meeting brokers, submitting offers. Um, haven't had one stick as a lead as of yet, but yeah. Well, I think we're, yeah. we're working on. I do the investor relations for our company, yeah. and then Cap Kerwin's the, uh, the head of marketing, so like in charge of our podcast and social media and stuff like that. Cool. And I was gonna, I was gonna ask you what you know. You, you mentioned that that you guys are sort of leading marketing. So your podcast, your your um, what, what I guess specifically, what are you doing in terms of marketing for these deals, right? Like as part of the group, yeah. what what are you doing? Because I, you know, your podcast. I mean, I guess your podcast is a marketing thing too, but what are you, what are you doing uh, to help with the marketing on these deals? Yeah. So in regards to investor relations, um, we have to obviously update our, our investors on quarterly updates. Uh, typically we'll do a monthly update on how the asset is performing. Um, and before we actually close on the deal, uh, we had to put together some marketing information uh, packages. So in regards to setting all that up, uh, we helped out with the marketing deck as well as the um, the emails that were going out to the investors. So the ongoing thing is the investor relations, but beforehand it was the marketing, um, the marketing deck. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, I was going to ask if you were kind of uh, doing the pitch decks for people, for your deals, if that yeah. was, you know, a part I would, of it. I would say like not the whole entire thing, but like the things that we can't help with. Um, just like we are, obviously we were new at it. So they weren't just going to throw us into the fire pit. <laughs> yeah. You know, that wouldn't yeah. have gone well. We're, we're learning. We're trying to help any way we can. Yeah. Nice. And in, do you get to be a part of the asset management and stuff once the deals are under, you, you know, I'm assuming you get to be on the calls and sort of seeing how that all goes as well. So you're just, you know, yeah. learning more and more and more. Exactly. Yes. 100%. So always on asset management calls for all of our calls, just to stay in touch. And that way we can get updates and just and learn of our investors yeah. and learn. Really. Them. That's like the biggest value that yeah, we're getting. Be a fly on the wall. A lot of the podcasts, they're very surface level, but the asset management calls, I mean, it's like your ground level. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. You, that's true. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the, the uh, asset management calls are, are, are far more detailed than you'll ever get, you know, kind of in a, in a podcast interview. Um, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, I, I mean, this, this is really cool guys. I, I, I love this, you know, kind of story and everything like that. Um, why don't we switch gears here and I will go ahead and ask you the, the four questions that I guess I ask each guest. I want to leave time because there's three of you and I want you to each be able to, to answer uh, the questions. So um, first one is, and I'm sure there's going to be some similarities here along the way, but the first question is uh, based on the name of the show being know your why, um, what is your why? And, and like I said, I'm sure there's some component to this that's going to be similar, but you may also have some individual points that are important to you. So uh, whoever wants to start, go ahead and, and let me know. Yeah, I can start. Um, well, I would say for all of us, our collective why is to retire our mother. 
uh, and then build financial freedom that we can pass on to our future generations. Um, and then they'll kind of tell you what their personal ones are. Mine is to reach my full potential as well as to live a f- f- fulfilled life that I'm happy with. Um, I struggle with that sometimes. So that's kind of like the thing I strive for every day. Yeah. And me, uh, especially after seeing Guatemala, um, I think, I mean, the people there are amazing. Um, so I, I really want to see if I could potentially go do like some development as far as infrastructure and just help build communities, build schools, um, just get more recognition within Guatemala. And just, uh, I think it's an awesome country, beautiful country. So, yeah. yeah. And I think something that we help with, our, we aim to help our investors with, but also strive for ourselves is to create a life by design, by our own design. And through real estate, we are aiming to accomplish that. But personally, what that would look like for me, I, like, I love to write on the side. So um, that's something that I would love to pursue as well further in, in, along in my life. Yeah. Do you have a blog? No, not a blog. It's fiction. But yeah. I, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's cool. I think <laughs> yeah. he meant like for the business, right? For multifamily blog. Yeah, I was just yeah, I was just asking if if, no, if you're using account. your writing for that or something like that. But uh, maybe, maybe some maybe a chance to yeah, you know, sort of exercise Popular. those writing chops. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, very cool, very cool. No, I, I think, uh, and I think retiring mom is a is a pretty powerful why too. So I, I think that's all all very very admirable. Um, all right, second question. This one's a little more uh, on the fun side. So, so tell us something about yourselves that uh, maybe isn't common knowledge. People people uh, don't necessarily know about you, uh, or not a lot of people know about it. Something to help people know you a little bit better. Um, well, we I love to meditate and do yoga every morning. That's mine. Cool. Um, yeah, I was gonna say my favorite food is probably not the healthiest, but I love to eat burgers. Literally anywhere we go out, I will order a burger. It does not. It could be a Japanese restaurant. (laughs) If they have a burger on the menu, I will likely try it. Yeah. And Uh, I, I I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm I'm a huge burger fan myself. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He orders it at Mexican meat. And if you put lettuce and tomato on it, there's vegetables. Like there's no problem there. (laughs) Um, To kind of build off what I said earlier, I like to write a lot and I'm aiming to be a published author really soon, but it's, it's fiction. Oh, yeah. Do you have a particular genre? Mystery thriller, young adult. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that. Um, okay, third question uh, is: What is the best way for people to reach you when they hear this? They want to, they they love your story and they want to reach out. How how would you like them to do that? And we'll put whatever you want in the show notes. Yeah, so uh, we're at Donis Brothers, D O N I S Brothers, on pretty much every social media platform: Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, TikTok, YouTube. Twitter. Yeah. And um, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash five dash mistakes dash passive investors make something. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the correct link. That's not the right link. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So, that's something along those lines. Yeah. We'll, that's, we'll our, get it in there. that's our playbook for our, uh, anyone who wants to learn more about the investing mistakes that people tend to make. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Final question. What piece of advice would you give to, it's going to be hard to say someone younger than you, but, uh, you know, someone who's a little bit earlier on in their journey, regardless of age, uh, mm-hmm. maybe getting started in real estate, what, what advice would you give them to inspire them, you know, to move forward? Yeah, I would say surrounding yourself with the people that are, are doing whatever you want to do. That's something that we started doing at our, um, in early on in our journey that, not only allowed us to see that it's possible, but um, you're kind of rubbing shoulders with these people. So if you can hopefully build a relationship with them, they're going to help you accelerate your uh, 
your process. Great. Yeah. And to build upon that, um, I would say just belief and belief slash having faith. Um, I mean, if, if it's already been done, it's like, it's definitely, if it's like humanly possible, that just means that you can do it again, especially if thousands and millions of people are out there doing it. So you just have to believe in yourself. Of course, um, you can't just think it's going to happen without taking action, but right. believing in yourself first is, I think is the number one step. And then of course, taking action. Yeah. And to build off of what Jeffrey said uh, earlier, you mentioned that there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try to give you advice and um, there's going to be a lot of distractions, shiny object syndrome and things like that. So be very cautious with who you take advice from. Uh, and I think, yeah, real teachers and people that are actually doing what they're, what they're, what they're pr- practicing, what they preach, that's who you should take advice from. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's all great advice. And I think it sounds like that, the, that teacher that you, you spoke to that, you know, sort of asked you what you were doing there. Yeah. I, I think that's what a teacher needs to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Because you obviously had passion that, that was outside of what was going on at the classroom. It wasn't like your passion was gambling or something like you had like a, a legitimate business and it was, you know, it was, I think, very good of that teacher to sort of say, hey, that like maybe this isn't for you because because lots of people kind of plug through college and, you know, just just to say that they did to get that degree. And then they don't they don't actually have any you know passion for whatever it is they come out and do. So uh, I think I think these this has all been really great uh, advice, guys. I think you're uh, sounds cliche, but wise beyond your years. Uh, I do I do Thank look you. forward to kind of seeing seeing what you do. I think you're going to be tremendously success, successful. So I look forward to following that along. Thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It was yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, it was absolutely. And thank, thank you for uh, for taking the time coming on today and sharing your story. And uh, yeah, we'll have to. Uh, I can't wait to can't wait to see what your mom does in retirement. Yeah, <laughs> should be, should be fun. Us too. Yeah, we're not sure. <laughs> she's she she's going to be uh, your personal assistant. She'll just be following you around, <laughs> helping you guys get something. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. So uh, yeah. with that, we will go ahead and sign out. Awesome. Thanks, thank you, guys. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.